Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation as you all know we love cheeky wipes in our household and mine are washed and ready for babe number two but did you know they also do reusable period protection pants and pads Their maternity minky pads are fantastic postpartum. In the early days of postpartum bleeding, they are less bulky than a disposable, no chemicals, just comfy bamboo cotton next to our delicate bits. The pants feel like regular pants, but have four or five layers of absorbency, including a leak-proof layer. Once postpartum bleeding has settled down, they are a brilliant alternative for disposable pads. A quick rinse or soak, a machine wash on 30, and they're ready to wear again. Being personal fans of cloth nappies, I am so happy about Cheeky Wipes' new launch. After swearing they would never launch nappies, they have gone back on their word and spent over a year developing a two-part system. More Punami proof than all-in-one nappies, better longevity and much easier to wash and dry. Cheeky Wipes have us all covered. Head to CheekyWipes.com to view their brilliant range. Hello and welcome back for the Mum Talk mini-series. So this series comprises of four episodes. We are going to be talking everything around preparing for baby number one or baby number two or baby number six. And we're going to be talking all about preparing ourselves as mums once again, because I don't know about you, but I feel like I have forgotten everything. I mean, I, I have forgotten everything. I went to bed last night and I started listening to my own podcast. Now, what I didn't realise was, apparently my own voice puts me to sleep, so I didn't hear much of the podcast. But if you are preparing for birth, I highly recommend you obviously listen to this series, but also go right back to the beginning of Mum Talk, because, I mean, not necessarily the beginning, beginning, because that's all about pregnancy, but the series two is when I, the first episode I share the birth story, and then I go on to talk about the newborn days and how um, how it's all going. So I didn't catch much of the episode last night, but I am going to keep listening because I just want to jolt my memory into what I'm in for and what I should be doing and expecting more than anything. Because I think with Amandine, we're in a great little routine and we know what we're doing. And I feel like if I have an idea of, or just to jog my memory of what Amandine did do when she was that that old, I'll have a bit of a head start. Obviously, he's his own little person when he comes out and he very, very, very likely won't be wanting to follow a similar routine to Amandine. I remember with Amandine, she wanted a routine. She wanted to have a schedule. Um, I was very much baby-led, but she led me into a routine and she just was happy to be there. So I'm hopeful that he's the same. I'm hopeful. Anyway, before I digress too much, in this episode, episode one of the mini-series, I'm going to talk a little bit about pregnancy where I'm at because it's obviously been a couple of weeks since I spoke to you last. And then I'm also going to talk about baby's room, what we've done to prep, um, answer some of your questions, preparing Amandine for a little brother, and also me preparing mentally and physically for birth. And actually, it'll be it's a good time for me to share that because I only saw my midwife yesterday. We talked through the birthing plan. We talked through um, some concerns I had over having a home birth, and I feel much much better about it all again. So I'm going to share all that with you. Then next week, I'm going to share um, about essentials and sleep, um, carrying baby, travel, getting out and about, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we also have a guest joining us for um, an episode as well. And then the last episode, oh, we'll be really, really close to baby's due date. I think the last episode falls on 
what, like, just be- maybe just before my birthday, or may- maybe it's the week after that even, so it'll be literally any minute now kind of thing. So it's a really great episode and I'm really happy that there are so many of us who are June May babies and June babies and hopefully everything that I share will be helpful. If you've had an eye on Instagram, on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram this week, you'll see that I have been collating all of your knowledge as well to share with you on the podcast around lots of questions that we all have and everyone has been so incredibly helpful. So thank you so much if you sent in your advice and you sent in um, your thoughts and questions as well because then I can make sure that we answer everything. (laughs) All right, so let's get into pregnancy You can probably hear right now I am so out of breath. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So yesterday when I had my maternity, my um, midwife round, she measured my belly and I feel, well, I am definitely bigger than Amandine ever was with belly size. But she plotted for the first time all of the... uh, all of the measurements on my graph that you're given, because you're given a personalised graph, aren't you? And I and she plotted those on for the first time. And the first measurement <laughs> was well over the 98th percentile, like the top line. So she she said, oh, I'm really pleased I didn't see that because I would have had to have sent you for a growth scan. Anyway, he's levelling out now, which is nice. He's, he's onto the second highest line, essentially. So he's just below the highest line. And I I did say to her, I'm freaking out that I'm growing a monster in here and he's going to be huge and maybe this isn't the time to do a home birth. Um, And she was really chilled about it, which was exactly how I needed her to be. She was, you know, very much like we do these measurements at home on your sofa. They're not always exactly the same. You have a small um, body. Essentially, I'm only five foot three, so there's not a huge amount of room for baby it's a boy, it's my second baby, so they're always a little bit bigger, and she also said something really interesting, which, um, because I said, you know, Amandine was only seven, seven pounds two, and what if I give birth to, like, a nine pounder or a ten pounder at home, and she said, well, I would have thought the baby's head will only kind of be up to a centimeter bigger than Amandine's, and the head is the hardest part, and then the rest of the body just follows, so she said, you can absolutely do it, you've done it before, you're not going to notice at the time, and don't stress, basically, which was wonderful. She is so calm, my midwife. (laughs) I love, I love just her vibe. She's so, so relaxed, and it's lovely, um, because I can tend to be not quite so relaxed. Um, But yeah, pregnancy-wise, I'm definitely running out of room. This baby is creeping up which makes it feel like my lungs are getting smaller and smaller. He's throwing some serious movements and punches into my Netherlands, um, which are highly uncomfortable. When you're walking around, they definitely stop me in my tracks. I know I shared with you before when we were in B&Q and the baby punched south and it was the first time I'd felt that. And wow, that is uncomfortable. But he's, he's quite doing that on the regular at the moment. And also doing kind of big shifts of his bum. So he'll go from one side over to the other side. And I really feel like there isn't room for him to do that right now. (laughs) Um, But he is doing it. But I know I'm really not complaining. I love the movements. I would much rather he moved than didn't move. So not um, a couple of nights ago, I woke up with horrific period pain. And it kind of just put everything into perspective and made me realise, oh, wow, yeah. I really am having a baby very, very soon. And I had a slight worry, thinking, oh, is he coming really early? This is, this is not a good sign. The period pain was taking over my entire body. It was, it was really weird. I have felt it before with my period, and you just can't escape it. It's that kind of pain that you can't escape, and it's, it's not excruciating pain, but you just can't get away from it, which makes it really... I don't know, can send you into a bit of a panic, I guess, because you just can't move away from that pain. Um, anyway, it didn't last a huge amount of time. It probably lasted, at that level, only a little bit through the night. And then the next day I went to the park with my friend. And, excuse me, and she uh, 
very much said, you know, you should call if you're worried. And I wasn't worried at the time. And then by the afternoon, it had gone. And when I spoke to my midwife yesterday, she said, it's very, very normal. Maybe he was just engaging his head and then coming back out again or uh, moving around or um, anyway, she just said it's very normal. So I am pleased about that because I really admire even just thinking about this really. I really, really admire mums of, you know, having first children or second children or third children. But if you've already got one child and then you have an early baby and you have to be in the um, the NICU, that must be so, so incredibly hard. Um, the thought of it just, yeah, makes me oh, really emotional. So I would like this little one to stay in there, please. Stay in your little house for the moment, please. Um, doing things is getting really difficult. <laughs> I never had this with Amandine either. But I, I guess because she was just so much smaller. But yesterday I decided I needed to sow my wildflower seeds, my second lot of wildflower seeds, before it got too late and the earth got too dry because we actually haven't had much rain. I'm so sorry, I'm yawning all the time, which is highly unprofessional, but I am very, very tired. That's the other thing, I'm very tired because Amandine isn't sleeping very well. She keeps waking up, either a bad dream or needs settling, and I think my hormones are in the place where I really feel like I need to go to her. Um, before, I may not have gone to her so quickly, I may have just uh, been like, oh, she can tough it out, she's going to be fine, and then she went back to sleep. But right now I'm like, oh, I just want to go give her a cuddle and let her know everything's going to be okay. So I've perhaps been going in a bit too much. But it's only once a night or she loses her pillow or something like that. I did the trick where you put the pillow under the sheet. But she actually has found another pillow that she also likes to lie on as well. Um, and then she'll turn around on her bed in the night and she'll get all... Uh, she won't understand really where she is in her bed and then she needs to go in and it's very, very quick. She just needs someone to um, open the door for a bit of light so she can see she's the wrong way around and then she turns around and goes straight back to sleep. But it's that interrupted sleep and actually having to get out of bed and then you know what it's like when you're pregnant. You get out of bed and then you have to go for a wee because no point in not going for a wee. Otherwise the next thing that will wake you up is needing a wee. <laughs> so... You then being wide awake, end up being wide awake at 4.30 and yeah, and then can't get back to sleep and restless legs have been a big thing. So yes, I'm tired. I'm really, really tired, uh, but battling through and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. So I just need to accept that. And actually I'm fine on little sleep. I'm just a little yawny as you all can hear. God, I even have to say the word and I yawn. Okay. Um, but what was I talking about before then? Yeah, trying to trying to pick things up and do things. So I was sowing my, I was laying some, putting in some new compost into the flower beds and weeding, and I had the pickaxe going, <laughs> trying to chop away at some dead hedge, so I could make room for the compost where I can sprinkle my wild flower seeds. Just all that kind of stuff, you know, picking up Amandine, I can only do for quite a small amount of time before my tummy gets really, really tight. Um, yeah. And I said to my friend the other day, you know, I haven't done things like build the snooze pod or rebuild the snooze pod or build the wool nest or um, sorted out my little bags around the house for changing stations, all that kind of stuff. I haven't done that yet. And she was like, maybe you should build the snooze pod and things like that because right now you can do that, you feel able to do that, um, like change the buggy so it's back to a bassinet type thing rather than a chair, do all of that, which I haven't done. So more, more manual stuff because also my patience is going to go soon, I can tell. My patience is going to go very, very soon. Um, so yes, I do need to crack on with all of that and get that ready. And also loads of you said in preparing for siblings, like it's a really good idea to have the baby stuff out and about so Amandine can get used to seeing it and it doesn't just all appear the second the baby comes. So I think that's a really, really good point. She never really comes into my room. Um, she doesn't come in in the mornings or anything which I'm sure will change when Hendrik goes back to work and I have baby. I'm sure we'll have mornings in bed. 
but um, it's a good thing for her to see and a good thing for her to um, just get used to being in my room, I guess. Um, but other than that, I'm feeling okay. I've started to get a bit more nauseous again, which apparently is very normal because baby's taking up more space, everything's super squished. So I'm trying now to reduce and just have little meals throughout the day rather than big meals. Not that I really eat big meals anyway because I eat far too much chocolate to be hungry at mealtimes. But I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. And um, I'm also trying to be nice to Hendrik because, my God, my hormones are probably killing him more than they're killing me. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. He is uh, copying it at every single angle at the moment. I have zero patience for his French attitude, um, which, you know, I married, so it's my choice. But I can normally, you know, I married him for it. I didn't marry him to change him, but right now I'm like, change, goddammit, please. <laughs> um, and I'm really snappy. I'm very snappy. Not with Amaldine, but with Hendrik, I'm very, very snappy. So bless him, he is uh, battling through <laughs> um, in the way that he does. Okay, so what else can I talk about? Um, I'll, talk, I'll talk about my midwife visit as well because that's also about pregnancy before I kind of move on to preparing. Um, I guess this was also preparing for mentally and physically for birth. Um, so I haven't yet started, but I should uh, start the um, perineum massage, perineal massage. When Leslie uh, Gilchrist from My Expert Midwife came on the podcast, she very much said, you know, there's no harm in doing it for a second baby. If you have any scar tissue from stitches or whatever, it's good to get that loosened up um, and also just get used to that area stretching again. Now, I feel like that area of me is well and truly stretched from <laughs> Amandine and my high lack of pelvic floor exercises. But... Uh, I think it's probably worth doing. It can't hurt, can it? And it'll just get me used to getting au fait with that area again. Um, so I need to start doing that physically, preparing um, my body for birth. But when I spoke to the midwife yesterday, I had quite a few concerns, just as it gets closer coming up about home birth, you know, like where we live, the access, paramedics, how short staffed are they with covid What's the likelihood of me having to go into hospital anyway? Um, how much how much um, time am I going to have to process the fact that I need to go into hospital if it's if it's a lack of staff thing, you know? Um, and she was amazing, actually. And I know this varies very much wherever you are and even county to county, even area to area, because down here I fall under um, the Exeter bracket, even though we're like 35 minutes from actual Exeter. Um, and... She very much said, you know, if we're short-staffed and it there's some, it would only be if someone's off sick or hurt themselves or whatever. She said, we'll probably know about it a good few days, hopefully. Um, so she would call me at the beginning of the week, kind of when someone went off sick or whatever, and just say, look, be prepared to go into hospital just in case. Um, which I thought was wonderful because what I don't want to happen is call up get had the bathroom ready and everything and be laboring already call up and then them say oh you're gonna have to come in because that's not going to give me much time to actually process it although as I was saying to my midwife I am so fine with going in I'm fine with having a home I, you know I really would like a home birth but I'm also very very fine if um for some reason I need to go into hospital or need to go into the midwife-led unit. I had a lovely experience on the midwife-led unit. I think I was very, very lucky, but I did have a wonderful experience. So going into hospital doesn't bother me whatsoever. I think we're in a point with COVID. There were lots of questions about this, how I felt about COVID. And um, I, I think we're at a point now where I feel really quite comfortable about going in. And I do also think that maternity wards are probably one of the safest places in the hospital as far as COVID's concerned. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to kind of get my head around that mentally as well. Uh, definitely the period pain in the middle of the night was a big mental game changer for me for preparing for birth because I did have a slight panic like, oh my gosh, what if this is it? What if this progresses? And then, you know, we have a baby. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, I have really started to think about getting my head around um, preparing mentally and physically for it. So what the midwife also said, um, as I was worried about, you know, ambulance times and paramedics, and she she was very good at putting my fears at rest about, you know, if, if they think they'll need to be a transfer, it's highly likely they'll know that with quite a lot of time. Um, so they'll be able to call the paramedics, call the labour ward, let them know what's going on, let them know that I'm coming in. And also if something's wrong with baby, when baby's born, you know, the amount of time it's going to take to get to hospital, um, get that all covered. I mean, I, I'm not focusing on that because I think if I did, I would most definitely end up changing my mind and going for the labour ward. I think I, that you have to have a certain amount of trust in birthing a healthy baby, I guess. Um, and they, she said very much so that they'll monitor the baby literally every 15 minutes, which I don't think I had with Amandine unless I was highly unaware of it in the midwife-led birthing unit. I don't remember her being monitored once or being asked to listen to the heartbeat once. Um, I'm sure she was, but it's quite reassuring to know that, you know, if baby starts to get in distress, hopefully they will know that long before he's born and we can get to the hospital whilst we're still very much in labour. Um, she was really happy with our birth setup, so we're still going to do it in the garage conversion, I think. Well, no, we are. That's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> mainly also because it's the easiest place to keep warm because we've got essentially an electric heater on the wall and she was saying you know you really do need to be really warm to give birth to relax to get your oxytocin going um, especially if you have a birth pool you really want to be able to you know strip down and walk around completely naked and not be cold whatsoever so I really understand why maternity wards are so warm um, and for us to do that in our house is quite a feat in our actual house not because our house is big but because we don't have underfloor heating um, and it's all open plan downstairs and it's all tiled floor. So it takes a long time to heat up that space where I'd be. And then the heating upstairs just does, I don't know, a mind of its own. And we probably end up literally in a sauna. Um, so <laughs> we're going to do the garage um, and we're going to have the birth pool in the garage which is really, really exciting. Um, and I think what we'll probably do is when the birth pool arrives, which I think will be around the 37th week, we will blow it up and just cover it and leave it. Obviously not fill it up, but I think we'll blow it up. And then it's just ready and it's there. And there's quite a bit of shifting to do. We've got to sh shift the bed out. We've got to shift... Um, quite a few things out, Hendrix DJ kits and all that kind of stuff we need to shift out. So yeah, I'm excited. I am I am kind of looking forward to it, uh, which I think is a really great spa uh, space for me to be in mentally for sure. Um, okay, so let's move on before I waffle. I promised myself this would be a half an hour podcast and it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be even close. In the house, um, right now I have the baby's room prepped, so we have, uh, in the baby's room, we have the wardrobe, we have um, the cot, the moki cot that we have with Amandine. We're actually not going to change the cot mattress, because our cot mattress is natural, and it shows, it's very hard, and it shows zero signs of anyone sleeping in it I mean it basically looks brand new if I went and I bought that today and it arrived I would think it was brand new um so we are not going to change it um I'm interested to see if I get any of you messaging me saying mm, I think you should change your mind about that but I really can't see the reason why we would I'm interested to know if some of you haven't either changed I'm also not going to change the ones in the snooze pod either because Again, it shows very little wear and tear. It shows there's no in, there's no indentation of the baby of Amandine in it. 
Um, I think because I rotated it quite a lot, when I'm, every time I changed a sheet, I would rotate it or flip it. I never kept it in the same side. It's kind of the same as our mattresses when we sleep. Every time we change the bed and we rotate them, or if they're flippable, we'll flip them and rotate them um, and just keep them moving. So we're never kind of indenting our bodies into the into them. Same with the buggy. I'm not going to change the buggy one. Actually, I don't think Amandine... No, she didn't. Amandine never went in the bassinet of the bugaboo. We went straight to a seat. We're going to use our bugaboo um, because Amandine is now at the age where she definitely doesn't need to be sitting down, so she doesn't need the double that, gosh, if you remember the beginning of the podcast, and I spent so many hours looking into double prams because our plan was to have two babies close together, do you remember? <laughs> I remember. And then the, my body didn't want to do that, did it? So <laughs> just, um, yeah, so we're going to go with, with the bugaboo. Um, but what else have I got in the baby's room? We have a chest of drawers and we have a changing, little changing desk. I'm after some rugs just to make it look a bit more cosy and a bit brighter because all the furniture we have in there is dark furniture. I have the least comfortable chair that I have in the house up in the baby's room because I don't think I'm going to be in there very much. If I'm feeding, I'll be downstairs or I'll be in Amandine's room sitting on her bed so Amandine can play. I don't think, it's not going to be like the first one where I'm sitting down. You know, I remember with Amandine, Hendrik's parents were downstairs and I just sat and watched, uh, I was binge watching something, New Amsterdam maybe or something or um, whilst I was breastfeeding Amaldine, and I would just sit there for hours while she cluster feeded, uh, while she cluster fed, feeded, that's not good, is it, while she cluster fed, um, so I don't think that's going to happen this time, so, (laughs) yeah, that's all we have in that room, um, and then in my room we'll obviously have the snooze pod, and, which is just fantastic, I looked on my YouTube the other day, you would have seen me mention this if you follow me on Instagram, but I looked on my YouTube and most of my YouTube videos, okay, have maybe three, four, five, six hundred views because they're all pretty rubbish. But bear in mind that these are like three years old now. Um, but my snooze pod one, which is like the longest video and ends up with me giving it a bit of a review at the end, has had 15,000 views, and it's so bad. So I feel like if I do build it this time, I'm going to film it again, maybe. Maybe, maybe not, I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, And put it on a bit of a time-lapse thing, or I'll just review it and put that video up as well for those those people who want a quick snooze pod review. Because, my God, it makes for boring watching. Hendrik watched it and was like, what are you doing? And then our car seat video as well. That was hilarious. That was so funny. Because it's just basically Hendrik going back and forth, reading the manual, adjusting the same thing, the leg on the car seat. (laughs) Oh, God. I have to say, I'm not particularly excited about getting that car seat back out again. But anyway, that's the kind of thing I haven't done yet. The car seat's not out yet. Yeah, no, nothing's nothing's down yet. Okay, um, I had a, quite a few questions also from you guys saying that um, you're worried your house isn't big enough um, to have another kiddo. And we're really lucky. I shared a while ago, which I think prompted these questions, that we've lost our guest room in our house. But we are really, really lucky in that we have a garage conversion. So we actually prefer if we ever have guests, which we very rarely do. And to be honest, if we do, it's only my sister. We can put them in the garage (laughs) um, and we have our own space still, which is much preferred. And also when the baby arrives, Hendrik is no way sleeping in the same room as me. That's his choice, not mine, by the way. But he can't handle the interrupted sleep. He is not good with no sleep. So he'll be in the garage um, when the baby's born. Uh, He is in there already. (laughs) He's been in there for months because there's just no room in the bed. And I'm sleeping so badly that um, I said to him, I was like, we either need to put a mattress on the floor in the bedroom and one of us sleeps on the mattress on the floor. And I'm happy to. I'm not fussed about that kind of thing or you need to go in the garage. (laughs) And he opted for the garage, but I think he feels a little bit disconnected from everything going on in the house. And it does obviously make me responsible for baby and toddler, which is fine. I don't mind that. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It is going to be fine. Um, 
Or maybe Hendrik will sleep on a mattress in the baby's room if Amandine's sleeping really badly and then he can lend a bit more of a hand with sleep and be responsible for Amandine. We're going to have to see how that one all works out. But if you guys listened with Amandine, he slept in the same room as us for the first night and then he promptly left the building (laughs) for... I would say, well, we didn't sleep in the same bed for then nine months, I don't think, until Amaldine went into her own room. Um, and then because I was still getting up to feed, yeah, I don't think we slept in the same room for about a year or so. And this one will be well over a year because he's been out of the room for ages. But anyway, it doesn't bother us. But yes, I mean, when having, I, it doesn't worry me, space doesn't worry me with a new baby and a toddler because, you know, babies take up very, very little room. They're in your room anyway for the majority of the time. And then you can always just put them in with your toddler. Um, loads of, loads and loads and loads of my friends do that and uh, intend to do that too, just have them in the same room. I think lots of, I have quite a few friends who just live in um, one or two bed apartments, two bed apartments. Um, and it just works for them and it just makes them work. I would never, I wouldn't necessarily let room or space put me off having a second kiddo. Maybe if you're thinking about number three or number four or number five, then maybe that be, be might, might be more of an issue. But I think even girls and boys sharing bedrooms, like until they're, I don't know, I don't know what age you're necessarily not meant to have them sharing a room if if that's even a thing not meant to but um I think they can share rooms for ages so I I really wouldn't let it put you off if that's the only thing stopping you from having a second baby I wouldn't let that put you off at all with baby number two almost with us having a one-stop shop for all my vitamin needs is precious Nutrivita is that place. All their products are sourced and manufactured in the UK, therefore the quality assurance is second to none, no nasties. During these last few weeks I am still taking a pregnancy supplement, however when I'm not pregnant I like to take vitamin C, vitamin D, B12 and B6. Nutrivita offer all of these, they even have vitamin D baby drops for our little ones. The vitamin world can be a little overwhelming. If you're stuck with what you need, do get in touch with the customer service team. I have found them so helpful in getting the right vitamins for me and my family. Nutrivita's website is also incredibly easy to use and very informative. It's a breeze to pick up all of your supplements in one click. Check out Nutrivita via www.nutrivita.co.uk and for 15% off, enter MumTalk15 at the checkout. Um, right, let's move on to preparing Amaldine and siblings for number two. So with Amaldine, I am yet to buy her any books, but you guys recommended so many fantastic, fantastic books. I'm just going to try and pull them up now because um, they were brilliant, or I'll come back to them, but um, I'm going to buy her some books for sure. We haven't done a huge amount of preparing um, Amaldine. We have spoken about it a lot. Um, we She's super excited. She obviously knows there's a baby brother coming. She, she's well aware when the sun comes out and the paddling pool comes out that he's on his way, although we have had the paddling pool out twice now in the last couple of weeks, and uh, big faux pas, let's just say that, because every time we've had it out, she's like, where's baby brother, where's my baby brother, which is obviously really cute, but I made a bit of a mistake associating that with baby brother, because I didn't think we'd have the paddling pool out at the end of March, beginning of April, Um. But other than that, she's been very, she's, she loves hanging out in the baby brother's room. She loves playing with bits and pieces. She keeps saying that she's going to give her favourite teddy to baby brother when he's here. Um, we also are talking to her quite a lot about, you know, Amaldine, babies really only sleep, poop and eat um, and drink milk for the first, you know, however long. So... It's not going to be very exciting. You can, but we've been saying, you know, you can sit and watch TV, having a nice cuddle with your baby brother. We can read him a book together. Mummy's um, going to be feeding a lot, but um, you can play in your room. You can colour in your dinosaurs. She has the dinosaur paper from Ikea, 
which she absolutely adores colouring in on. Um, and I put a little desk in her room to uh, give her a space upstairs where she can go. So if I need to put baby down for a nap or I'm just hanging out in the bedroom, she can also be in her room just having a little play and she's got a train set and stuff and just trying to think about toys that we can get her, which she's, she's really happy to play with by herself. Um, I think my mum has got her for the summer a sand and water table essentially so she can play outside and there's something that we don't necessarily need to be there to play with her to do um, because I feel climbing frames I'd want to be there to make sure she didn't fall off um, her slide she can do by herself now but again I quite like being there to make sure she can't fall off um, and we don't really have any other garden games but the paddling pool obviously when it's warm enough but let's be honest this is the UK it's probably warm enough for maybe 20 days of the summer of that. Um, right, and these were all of your suggestions. So um, here we go. Books about becoming a big sister really worked well for us. This book in particular, Tales of Me book, illustrated by, oh, a friend of Not Another Peep, the wonderful sleep consultant that came on the podcast. So that's called Tales of Me. Um if possible make sure baby or toddler sorry is happy with dad as with mum at bedtimes night wakings etc so it's not a terrible shock when mummy can't come as she's feeding totally agree with this we're incredibly lucky in that Hendrick's been home for a year so um Hendrick and I do every other night so Hendrick will put Amandine to bed and read her books, then I'll put Amandine to bed and read her books, and we'll do that. And we're going to try and keep that when baby's here, hopefully, um, because I I really want to be able to keep that connection with Amandine and not, not just have Papa putting her to bed. And to be honest, Hendrick pretty much gets her every single morning because it's just his favourite thing, is um, getting her out of bed. So on the siblings' first meeting of baby, don't be feeding or cuddling baby. It can make them feel put out. We had baby girl in the Moses basket and her big brother met her in there. Loads of you have said that. So I think that's a really, really great idea. Also a present from baby to sibling and vice versa. Definitely. We need to take Amandine out when the shop's open so she can buy the baby a little something. Um, I think that would be really nice. She'd love to take control of that. So that'll be nice. Um... Letting them know babies don't do much in the beginning, just sleep, feed and poop. Yeah, I've said that too, I completely agree. Uh, make sure they know the plan for their care during the birth and where they'll meet the baby. I think this is really good. You know, if you're going to have their grandma come over or grandparents or a friend, then let them know, tell them that that's what's going to happen. And, you know, we'll obviously say, Amaldine, you know, you'll still be here. Mummy will be in the next room. She can pop in and out um, when I'm, you know actually okay and not shouting the house down <laughs> talk to them about it a lot make them feel involved you can get some great baby books for siblings yes absolutely but also someone said don't overdo it because then it can cause more anxiety than needed and I think that's with everything isn't it when you're preparing a baby for something whether you're preparing it to go to the uh, toddler sorry preparing to go to the doctors or dentist or you know anything like that or a play date if you talk about it too much, it can almost have the opposite effect. I bought a cute book called What About Me and a Dolly to show him uh, what he can expect. So that book, I'll, I'll just say the name again, What About Me and a Dolly. Um, start talking to them early about it. There's a great book, I'm a Big Brother or Sister. Put up all the baby paraphernalia around the house in advance. Um, yes. That is one of the things that I am definitely going to be doing. Um, so this was another kind of prepping toddler, um, preparing sibling for number two. So the question uh, that um, you guys wanted me to ask was things to do to make a toddler accept new baby coming home not to feel left out so again I think it's quite similar to what we were just sharing before but you know a present from the from them to the baby and vice versa um 
involve them in everything like nappy changes, feeding, but also make time one-to-one with them. Loads of you have said, even if it's just 10 minutes a day. And I think there's a there's an Instagram account with two brilliant women called, I think it's Big Little Feelings. And they say even just 10 minutes a day can make a world of difference. Um, come home and then let her find her brother in her own time when she's ready. I think that's a really great idea. Don't, don't necessarily hold the baby um, and just let them go to the little baby. Um, get them to help out getting nappies and blankets. Make special one-to-one time and say it's our special mummy toddler time every day. Tell them both the same thing. And I think this is great and I didn't think about this at all, but if your toddler's being a bit hands-on-y, then just say gentle hands, toddler, and then you be gentle too, baby. So the toddler doesn't always feel like that they're not being told off, but that they're the only ones getting instructions about the new baby and how to treat them. Um, every now and then tell the baby they need to wait a minute while you give the toddler a hug. So obviously, you know, the baby doesn't understand, but I think that's great too. So the toddler doesn't always feel like that they're being the one to be told to wait because mummy needs to feed or whatever. I think that's really good. Um, and then more, lots of you saying more gifts, help, let them help set up the baby things in the house so they can see and they feel part of it and, um, when feeding, put their favourite TV show on, cuddle up in bed, relax with screen time, um, get them to help out, get them to get the wipes, undo the poppers on the baby suit, lots of praise, involve them, give them jobs, prioritise spending lots of time with the toddler, especially at meal times, bath time and bedtime. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, what else? Oh yeah, this is a good one. How to prepare, possibly, for sleepless nights again with two. So do you tag team with a partner? So again, I think this is all about mentally preparing for those first few weeks, isn't it? And I'll cover this again, um, I'm sure in episode four, when everything's getting really close. But um, lots of you have said, just be on the same team, speak up when you need help. My husband did the 12am feed with expressed milk. It was a game changer. Partner on toddler duty, you're on baby duty. Um, We had night wakes from toddler adjusting to the baby. I think we'll have the same, actually. Husband helped out when I fed the baby. Uh, Yes, zone defence. May have to accept time apart from toddler from a few months. 100% we have shifts, I do the first until midnight and then he takes over and just wakes me for the feed. That would never happen <laughs> with Hendrick. I guess it depends on, uh, you know, your partner, but, and also if you have help, it, you might be doing this all yourself, which must be so incredibly difficult. Um, husband does toddler, I do baby, occasionally he brings toddler down to my bed. Um, if your partner can do morning with toddler, so you can rest while baby is co-sleeping. If breastfeeding, consider co-sleeping with the safe seven guidelines. Massively improve my sleep and nice to have cuddles with the new baby all night as toddler demands attention during the day. I'd say no to tag. Partner retains energy for eldest. Mum and baby become the not sleeping and nap team. <laughs> That's brilliant. Someone's recommended getting the snoo from Happiest Baby. I have... Um, only seen that I think on TV programs and things but it looks good we're not going to buy any more baby paraphernalia but it does look good ask for help in early nights partner to sleep in a different room where possible you do the nights and then let them take over if you need to nap the following day go to bed early straight after the feed and leave the partner with the baby to bank a few hours before baby needs next feed and the night time begins that's pretty much what we did last with Amandine and I hope Hendrik will be up for that again (laughs) I hope take shifts in the night if you can yeah no Hendrik won't do that definitely not um get help to ensure a day sleep yes a day sleep and I think this is the thing you know when Hendrik's at work if Hendrik's at work I can call on my mum quite a bit more um and ask her to come up and help out we'll be able to form a bubble you know if Covid is still going and we're not allowed to see people inside etc um, because I'm pretty sure in saying that if you have a newborn you can have your bubble I think um okay 
And then I am pretty sure that covers preparing sibling for number two. I will let you know if I find any brilliant, brilliant um, books, but I'm definitely going to look up the ones that I just read out to you all, um, absolutely. I think the other thing that um, I wanted to mention, because I had loads of questions on Instagram, was padsicles. <laughs> So I guess this is falls under the preparing physically for birth. Um, so I did the kind of, well, I attempted to do the shop, you know, the shop. Um, and I tried again in B&Q. We popped into B&Q very briefly today so Hendrik could buy some exterior house paint um, for some woodwork. And I saw this brilliant, clear, like, tarpaulin-y type sheet, which I need for home birth anyway. Hendrik was like, oh, just get it off Amazon. So annoyingly, that's what I'm going to be doing. And I didn't pick it up, and I regret not picking it up when I saw it. But, um, padsicles. So, I bought a bunch of maternity pads that I really, really liked with Amandine. I didn't get any infections or anything down there. I always felt lovely and dry down there during the bleeding, the lockier stage. They're from Natra Care. Um, I first found them in Waitrose, but I don't shop in Waitrose anymore. Um, but I found them on a company that's local to us down here, which sells uh, nappies as well. They're called Beaming Baby. I bought three packs of 10, so 30. I'll probably need more. But I'm also going to buy um, some Tenor, or, or it was actually Boots' own Stay Dry Pants, uh, which I found fantastic last time, and I never leaked. So I'm going to buy some more of those. And I'm also going to buy um, nipple cream, Lassino, Laniso nipple cream. Um, I also have some other nipple creams, but I just want to have Laniso as a backup, because that was actually the one that only worked for me when I had let my nipples get so bad that they were all cracked with Amandine. So I'm going to buy some of that. Um, but the pad chat. So I bought the maternity-specific pads from NatraCare. And then I also bought some regular period-type pads with wings um, for regular flow. So when it, loosens, when it lessens a little bit. And also just some panty liners. Um, so with the padsicles... All you want to do is get some aloe vera gel. So I get mine from Dr. Organics from Holland and Barrett, or you can get it on Amazon as well. And there's one that's infused with tea tree oil and arnica. Um, and this is what I did last time, and it was so wonderful. You just put, I don't know, probably a teaspoon of aloe on the pad and spread it along. Um, these pads are not wrapped, so they just come in the cardboard box, but they're unwrapped. And then do that to two and then squish them together so you have the aloe vera side stuck together. And then do a whole bunch, just making sure that, you know, the backing of the pads together, then the front of the pads together, blah, blah, blah. So you're putting aloe to aloe. And then I um, just put them in the freezer. And when you need them, you just take out a couple at a time maybe, um, or one at a time, whatever, let it defrost a little bit so you're not putting ice ice on your um, delicate bits and then put them in your put them in your panties and it really helped that sensation of feeling heavy and swollen and burny um, I thought they were fantastic so I would highly recommend you do that I will show it on Instagram when I do mine I'm not going to do them just yet but in a couple of weeks, I will do them and make sure they're in the freezer. I want to have everything ready by 37 weeks. So I have two and a half weeks <laughs> to get that done. Um, and what else? Um, yeah, I've also been given, I was sent some absolutely fantastic cheeky, well, they're, they're made by Cheeky Wipes. Um, and they are reusable period pads and reusable period pants. I shared them on my Instagram yesterday, but they're absolutely fantastic. They look, obviously I haven't used them yet, so I will report back when I use them as well um, in series 10 and let you know how they were. But 
The minky pads are fantastic for the lockier stage. And again, you know, you can just put them in the wash, give them a quick soak, put them in the wash, and then reuse them. And they dry really quickly, apparently. And then the period pads, they sent me, uh, pants, sorry, they sent me um, some high-waisted ones, which I think will be fantastic for tummy support. And they look really nice. Like, they look like lovely, thick, high-waisted black knickers. Um, and the base of them has, you know, four or five layers. And you can, and it just soaks everything up, and then you can change those. What they did say was you don't necessarily want to be changing your pants every time you go to the loo, because it's a bit of a faff, you have to take your trousers off, change your pants. Um, so the pants are really good for when the bleeding's lessened a little bit, and you can leave them on a little bit longer if you feel comfortable to do that. So I'm really excited to use those, because I also, you know, when I do eventually get my period back after this little chappy, I do want to explore other options, so I think this will be really nice to kind of test them out to the max because my periods are definitely never as um, heavy as the Lockyer bleed with all of the clots. So it'll be nice to test those out and see how it goes. Um, but have a look. Go to cheekywipes.com and have a look because they have so many products now on there. Um, as you heard at the very beginning with the new ad, um, yeah, have a look because they, they just look fantastic. Plus, they've just launched cloth nappies, which look amazing. And I'm so pleased they have because Cheeky Wipes, they're just run by the most wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and yeah, I think they're brilliant. I think all their products are brilliant. I trust them and will recommend them. We'll recommend them to you guys. Okay, so I think that's everything I wanted to talk about today. And it's been a wonderfully long podcast once again. So next week, I'm going to be talking about preparing again. So preparing around sleep, around getting out and about, carrying, travel, and I'm sure loads more. <laughs> I will get your questions in. I'm going to cover more of the answers to your questions as well, like all of your essentials that you bought, um, all of that next week too. Uh, so keep your ears out for that. It will come live on Wednesday as it always does. And I will see you then. Just before we go, I'd like to introduce you to the hilariously funny and brutally honest parenting book, Mum's the Word. Written by Rebecca Oxtoby, the five-star rated book has topped the Amazon best-selling charts for childcare. It exposes the unfiltered truth behind life as a mama and will have you crying with laughter. It's available now on Amazon. Just search Mum's the Word book and don't forget to follow at book mums the word on instagram her second book is almost here it's going to be released in may and i can't wait for it and she actually is coming on the podcast uh, episode three of this mini series and we have such a lovely chat about motherhood about birth about expectations feeling underwhelmed feeling overwhelmed and i'm really excited to share that chat with you as always, thank you so, so much for listening and a big thank you to our friends at Cheeky Wipes, Nutribita and Mums the Word for supporting this mini-series. Please do leave a review, subscribe and rate. It really helps other mums to find the series and be supported by our wonderful community. Keep an eye out on Mum Talk Podcast Instagram this week where I will be asking you guys to share more of your wonderful mum knowledge and insight around pregnancy and preparing for birth and labour. And a new baby. See you next week. Bye.